Welcome to the Music Video Night Podcast, where we watch music videos and deconstruct them into meanings that couldn't possibly be there. I'm Travis. I'm Jared, and we are not experts in music or videos or even normal podcasting today. That's right. Today you get a bonus episode, and uh, this is probably our most exciting... Uh... Why are you still holding that? I'm just holding it. It's our most exciting uh, episode to date, I think. Um, we've got some big news and a big uh, bonus for everybody. So, do you wanna you wanna tell them what what, what they're in for? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, again, we occasionally reach out to these directors. Very rarely do we get a response. We got a response, guys. Yeah, and uh, from a pretty big director. Yeah. Um, so we did Panic at the Discos. I write sins, not tragedies. Directed by Shane Drake, and uh, and he responded. And not just in an email, he offered to talk to us. And talk to us, he did, for an hour. Yeah, and so we're going to share that with you in a little bit. We're going to tell you a little bit about Shane right now. So Shane, um, not only the director of uh, the I Write Sins uh, video, and he won a uh, music video, uh, MTV's Music Video of the Year Award for that, right? Very good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, he's been nominated for tons of stuff uh, for MTV Music Awards as far as videos of the year. Uh, best director, best pop video, best rock video, um, tons of stuff. Uh, Even some country songs. Yeah, and won uh, one award, uh, Country Music Video of the Year, um, for Highway... Uh, don't Care. Highway Don't Care, yeah, by uh, Taylor Swift and Tim McGraw and Keith Urban. So, big, big deal. Involved in over 100 music videos. Still making them to this day. Not responsible for... Uh, a lot of memories and a lot of videos that connect with people. They're huge videos, guys. Huge videos from huge bands. People like Panic or Fallout Boy or Paramore, Jim um, Class Heroes, Timbaland, Darius Rucker, Little Big Town, Trick Daddy, Trick Daddy, <laughs> Keith Urban, Luke Bryan, Carrie Underwood, and uh, AJR. There's a bunch in there, guys. I can't name them all, um, but uh, kind of a big deal is uh, is Shane Drake. Yeah, and we, you'll listen to this. Uh, he made us do no work, extremely generous with his time and his insights into music videos, and especially uh, listening to this podcast, which why on earth would you, but he did, yep. um, and, and had a good time with us. And so we're going to let y'all listen to that full interview. It's our first interview off of a Zoom, uh, so kind of forgive us if the audio is all over the place. It's, right. it's my first one, so we're just kind of working on that. Yep, and Shane, uh, we can't thank you enough for giving us your time and the opportunity to talk to you. So, without further ado, people, here is uh, our Zoom call with Shane Drake. So um, yeah. So what do you guys? What do you guys? What what is this that you do? And then how many followers you got on this thing? And where the hell you guys are in Alabama? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're in Alabama. So we we both listen to a lot of podcasts, and I I listen to them a lot. And one day I think I was driving home, and I was like, man, I'd really like to do a podcast, but I wouldn't want to do it by myself. So I was like, I, I'll call Jared see if he wants to start one. We had no idea what the hell we were going to do. <laughs> What direction we're going to take. We just knew we wanted, we like hanging out and talking about bullshit. So 
So I love it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, followers like this. We're we're on second season just by sake of episodes, not for any particular reason, I guess. Um, but uh, follower wise, we we have just kind of started. Um, we're low, I think, on Spotify. We have like sixteen. So uh, you're the most popular person right we've on. ever talked to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Right on, yeah. man. Let me see if I can get this. Um, well, good, man. Hopefully, we can use this and promote it and get sixteen more. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and it was, it's not, we don't even do it like, you know, trying to gain clout or anything. We just genuinely have an interest. So like, it's just awesome to have uh, somebody reply to it. You know, uh, you are the, cool. the second director that is, uh, that has replied. The first one was uh fallout boy. Yeah. Um, Sugar, we're going down. What was his name? Help me out here. Oh man. We should have, this is about Shane. Yeah. And it's just, but he, he did not offer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 forget, I forget who did that one. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't but remember you know his what? name either. I think you'd be surprised that, I mean, the more directors you reach out to, I mean, it's, the world's just so connected now. You know what I mean? It's not like the exclusivity of like, you know, the fucking nineties, you couldn't, you know, reach people that had done something of value in the entertainment world. Now it's like, everyone's kind of reachable. <laughs> everyone's reachable, but not necessarily uh, receptive to it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. So, oh, I but- am. And I'm excited to be here. I listened to the whole thing uh, of your take on the video. Yeah. Uh, fascinating. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fascinated. Who fucking gave me a five? That's me. That was me. This guy right here. <laughs> I knew that was gonna be the first thing yeah. I wrote up to. Good for you. Yeah. No, you you can cuss him out. Uh, it was That's okay. Now, honestly, what makes what makes art good is that everyone gets to say what they want to say about it. There's no obje- I can't objectively tell you which one is right or wrong. That's what's fucking beautiful about it. You know. That's why I love my job. Like. One of the, believe it or not, one of the things that made panic so big was fucking hate. Like oh, they got okay. hate on by so many people and loved by so many people, obviously, but like there's just a lot of controversy around them and that made them popular. You know what I mean? I, on top of the fact that they were insanely talented, but like, so I, when then people like have different thoughts on whatever art I do, like, I love it, man. That's what sort of gets the whole zeitgeist fueled. Do you know what I mean? That's what makes us want to do better or want to convince someone they're wrong or want to like go make a different thing that shows, uh, Oh, maybe he was right about this. I'm going to go fucking tackle that side of it. You know what I mean? That's, it's, it's all part of the process. And I love it, man. You would be really surprised if you heard some of the other ratings. There's a, uh, it's, it, we have no reasoning, I guess, to a lot of them. So it's, it is just like, whatever. Um, but you're allowed to call me. I love, out. The, I I love the, I love the father panics. I love the <laughs> father panics. <laughs> So yeah, uh, tell us how how'd you uh, hook up with this video. You were already doing music videos at this time. So yeah, so I've been doing. This was about two thousand. We shot this in two thousand five, uh, in December. Super cold, um, freezing, like the the. It was just like particularly cold for LA, and the back of the truck had like some like ice and shit that all or some um, drinks and stuff that all, all kind of froze over. It was nuts, but we. Um, shot this in December. I had done mostly like five to $10,000 budget music videos up to this point. Um, I had done a couple videos of note. One was um, I had done Hawthorne Heights, Ohio's for lovers. And that was sort of my first big MTV sort of showing. And then before then I did Fall Out Boy, the video for Saturday. Um, which again was like a $5,000 video we shot in Chicago, driving around Pete Wentz's Honda Accord, just shooting stuff on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this video 
was the first time I'd ever gotten a budget over 15. I think I was, um, we were at the Wiltern and it was, they're doing the Honda Civic Tour, I believe, opening for Fallout Boy. And uh, we were at the Wiltern and we were sort of brainstorming ideas. At the, at the time, I think I think the budget was going to be 15. That was going to be my biggest budget. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to think of some cool stuff to do for $15,000, which now sounds like nothing. At the time, I'm like, that was fucking, that was everything, right? That was so much money. I'm like, oh, what can I do with $15,000? Um, so it, we're brainstorming these ideas and... And I had this idea for this wedding and this kind of crazy, just, I've always, I love circus things and I love like the fantastical. I love the theatrical. I know one of the things you guys mentioned is that he overacts and that to me, I wanted that theatrical sort of big, larger than life kind of thing. And so we were going for that. Um, but that's, as we were talking, the idea kind of grew and I just, I had this idea at one point I wanted to throw a smoke bomb and disappear and, by the time we landed on the idea, it was clear that it was more than a $15,000 idea. And uh, we ended up like getting it approved, like immediately, like the band was just so hot, like you, they could do no wrong. And uh, the label approved a $30,000 budget for me, which was massive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was just like, great, we're working to we're into all the things. So my buddy, Jason Graff, um, had, was connected to this Cirque group. Um, um, the, the leader was this girl, was, she's one of the pretty ones, she, her name's Dream, and they do this, um, I'm blanking on their name now, but they literally toured with Panic. So that Cirque group that I'm totally blanking on the name of, and I apologize if they ever listened to this, but um, they- You're fine right uh, now. They, they came on as a favor to uh, just kind of be a part of something that they felt like they believed in what was happening with Panic. And when we did the video, it became so popular. They actually went on tour with them for like, I don't know, the whole fall or something like and, and did their things on stage with them. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, one of our, our first questions so, was like, is that a real like uh, group? And it, yeah, yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's a bunch of, it was a group in Hollywood that I wish I could remember their names. It's a, the troop has a name, but they, um, yeah, they, they did shows all over LA, really cool shit, like acrobatics and fire stuff. And uh, again, Lucent. they do like, yeah, Lucent Dossier. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Lucent Dossier. I was looking it up as you Good, were going through. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for the uh, alley-oop on that. Um, so yeah, and they were, and they were super talented, super energetic. I mean, like I said, it was freezing cold that day. And that night we shot, we must've shot 18 hours. I don't know. It was a long shoot. And like, they were there. Huh? Was it one day? Yeah. We did this all, all this in one day. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, it is crazy. When I think back to it, it's mind blowing, but they, I don't know. I don't even think we paid them to be honest with you. I think not that we stiffed them. I think they agreed to do it for free, um, which is in retrospect, when you look at all the costuming and all the makeup and all the like sort of just skill level of talent that they have, they brought each in their own individual way to that circuit group to come and shoot this music video for, for a band that was still not, I mean, they had a song on the radio that I write since it was on the radio, but like, it wasn't like a massive hit yet. It wasn't, it hadn't blown up and like put them on the cover of Rolling Stone and all that, which would happen months later. 
but they believed it. They believed in my vision. They believed in what the band could be. And if we paid them, it was just hardly anything. And so uh, I'm always so gracious uh, that they were such a amazing part of that video because they, they're the magic of that video, really. I mean, outside of the band, which is the main magic, like that, that Lucent dossier, they came to the table and just gave us a humongous favor. Um, and so, um, and I, I, and I stayed in contact with them for a while and we go to some of the shows around LA, but, uh, this was, yeah, this was such a magical sort of experience. I think, uh, everyone, no one left with any regrets. Um, it's fun to the, shoot. Yeah, man. I, um, the other side of the, um, church <laughs> is mostly friends with my, one of my interns. So those are mostly high school kids <laughs> who were the friends side. with or, or yeah, the bride side. No, no, the bride side. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So the bride side. So I had this intern named Jory and her, she had a lot of friends and she was, and my producer and her had gone to the same high school, just at different years. So they had a lot of people that kind of like, they knew they either just graduated or maybe were seniors and just had time. And so we ended up getting a lot of those kids to be, the extras and so the, you know that's why they were all down to have their faces painted and their eyes closed for you know hours on end shooting you know the, the scenes um <clears throat> but yeah so like most of them weren't actors by any means they were just friends of my intern and in the lead the guy who plays the groom was also my intern at the time daniel mcguffey <laughs> oh wow so he wasn't even like somebody y'all cast you just knew him already i did but obviously like i didn't just cast him because my intern he had the perfect look it just was kismet. You know what I mean? It was like one of those things like, oh my gosh, this guy's got the exact look we're looking for. He's my intern right now. Like, let's put him in there. And and he was incredible. You know, he did great. He did. He he was one of the highlights of the of the whole thing, I think, and we pointed that out. Yeah. Um, and you guys couldn't stand the bride, and that's hilarious. Uh, she's a sweetheart. She is not an actress. Uh, she's uh, she she was also friends with uh with jory uh my intern <laughs> and so she came in as a favor uh again thirty thousand goes a long ways but it doesn't get you like you know a room full of actor actors and uh and you know all the gear because we got this on 35 millimeter film this wasn't this wasn't hd or any of that sort of digital shit this was a 35 millimeter shoot i still have the reels at home oh wow. um all the negatives yeah yeah like boxes and boxes and so like, this was just a, a different era, you know what I mean? Uh, filmmaking, so things cost different money. So like, you got to pull favors where you could. I mean, the production design, like, so production design is a big deal in music videos. That's who builds the sets and makes everything look how it looks. And so on this one, we had a local girl from our, when we, I lived in Thousand Oaks at the time. Um, and we had a local girl, I think her name was Lindy. Uh, myself and my wife at the time, now ex-wife, uh, we all did the production design. So when we all got not when the VMA nominations came out, we were nominated for like five different categories. Um, and one of those was was production design, art design. <laughs> and so I got to have my wife get a ticket, this girl Linda get a ticket, me get a ticket, and we all got plus one. So like we ended up getting a, a lot of like people to come to the VMAs that year because we all kind of had ourselves on the bill as having done these random jobs for it. You know what I mean? Um, but again, like if you look at the production design, it's, 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 it's not great, <laughs> but 
it sells the idea. You know what I mean? It gets that across. So it's interesting that you guys even kind of notice those things. It's like, I, I don't know why the guest book's where it is. <laughs> Honestly, I, it's a, I think it just it, it made for a good shot. You know what I mean? Well, um, I think like oh, what it's it's kind of it's really insightful to know like the budget and stuff because looking back on it, you know, you think that Panic at the Disco at this time, you're like, oh, this is a huge hit. You think they have all this money, but really it's just like high school students and you have $30,000 to make the best thing. But you don't know that as a, uh, a listener yeah. or a watcher. The music videos that we so for video of the year, I was up against, I believe if I can remember right. I think it was Madonna, Chili Peppers, Christina Aguilera. Videos that were like half a million dollars or more. Yeah. Wow. Videos that we competed against to win this. And ours was a $30,000 video for which I, you know, I, and I, I made a few grand on the video. So I still, I may, I shot, I shot it for less than 30, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> on the screen. And so that being said, like it, uh, it was, it was kind of a coup. You know what I mean? Everyone's kind of like, how the fuck did you do that? And, and yeah. honestly, at the time I didn't know any other way to me, $30,000 was 300,000. You know what I mean? Like, so it felt like a big budget to me. So I spent it, the way I spent it. I, was, I don't know. Isn't this is what you guys do, but come to find out. I mean, subsequent videos, you know, $30,000 wouldn't even cover my art department. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you're, but like now you're saying that the, uh, your production done, like it's all thematically on point. Like it all, the video is cohesive and makes sense. For sure. And we will look, I, I was heavily influenced by like Tim Burton and all this sort of, you know, the, the things that yeah. sort of, and, and so what we wanted to do is we wanted something that was felt a little fantastical, but also realistic. And so we definitely were intentional. I mean, by, by all means, our production design was intentional. It's just that I'm not a, that's not my skill set. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a director at heart. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an editor. I'm a writer, but like production design, I, I count on people in that department to do great work. You know what I mean? There's a different level of artistry there, a different type of artistry there. That's not, it's not me. Um, but being able to like be a part of those things in those early videos, it's kind of cool because, you know, it definitely gave me a, an idea like of what everyone's doing, you know, uh, you know, I used to be a big part of wardrobe too. You know, we did this video for Paramore uh, song. I did most of their first videos and I did a song uh, called emergency where we got to distress this dress that she used in the video. And then it, going in the hall of fame for a while so i'm like so like and again it was a vintage dress store like that we got for like you know 20 bucks and then dragged it in the dirt and ran over it with a car and next thing you know it's like some iconic dress but getting to be a part of that you realize oh but that is what the people do who are in those jobs you know what i mean you're like oh cool so now when i'm asking you to do something i know what you're going to go do or i can suggest something for you to do and same with the production design i mean you know those early days of those budgets like my hands were involved in every department you know what I mean? So that's kind of like knowing your world, you know what I mean? So that when I'm now in a place where I'm just sort of directing things and I'm speaking to the departments, uh, I'm not just speaking blindly. I've been there, I've sort of had some hands-on experience, like sort of, you know, getting myself in that place. You're really selling yourself short by saying some, uh, <laughs> some experience. Uh, you have kind of done, uh, after, after this video, every genre of music there is, you've, you've now been a part of, I feel like. I have. Yeah. I, I've been very fortunate. I mean, look, I, this video from here before this video, I probably did 30, 40 videos, most of which people never saw, right. Just low budget stuff for like tooth and nail bands or solid state or victory and stuff. Bands. I loved hardcore bands, metal bands, shit. That was a blast. Like, right. That's what really kind of got me so jazzed about 
music videos was those early videos with these bands that just fucking sang their hearts out. You know what I mean? Um, and then when this video came along, it kind of like opened up the doorway to the bigger budget things. You know what I mean? So I ended up doing that video you guys discussed called, but it's better if you do, which was the next video after that. And for that one, we had, I think our budget went from 30 to 80. And that was, that was crazy money to me again, not crazy money anymore, but it was crazy money then. Like, um, and then from there, you know, we did, uh, I think the next one I did with them was nine in the afternoon and that was even bigger. And that was also nominated for a bunch of VMAs, none of which we won, but that was Britney Spears return year. So she won all of this shit, but she owned it all. So is there anything that we missed that you want to point out? Um, that maybe some I, I don't know some something that we may have missed in the video when we were discussing. Um, gosh, I know you guys mentioned he must be a Catholic priest, but actually a, a number of denominations were callers, so I didn't really have a specific uh, thought in that. Oh, do that! Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it could be Lutheran, it could be Episcopalian, it could be Methodist. Yeah, so yeah. here in the Southern Belt, we know Baptist, and that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> <The Bible laughs> for sure, here. for sure. Um. What else? I think. Um, so the voices you guys commented on the yes. So that that so that's my voice. Is it really? No. <laughs> so that's, that's my great. voice and my ex my ex wife. My ex wife's actually in the video. She's sitting on the edge. She's the uh, the mime in green sitting on the edge. Uh, She's not stares at the camera. There's two. There's one girl that opens her eyes and directly looks into camera, which as a moment. Yeah. Uh huh. What's the What's the time code? Show me. Let me see. Oh well, we're we're, we're looping it right now. Whenever we get to it, I'll I'll pause it and 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 track it for you here. Um, it should she's be coming green. up. Green. I I know there was two that look into it. Uh, but yeah, I'll let you know. But anyway, yeah. So she uh, at the time she was helping me with wardrobe, helping me with production design. She was you know, um, we've been divorced for years now. and still friends. She's wonderful. She's a she's she's an incredible singer. Uh, her name is Jamie Drake. But um. The, uh, yeah, she is in the video. She's, maybe she does look in the camera. I can't remember if she looks in the camera. She, she definitely is one of the people that gets yeah, right here. Yeah, right here. Timestamp is 203. 203, yep. 203, all right, let's see here. Maybe 202. But it seems intentional, right? Yeah. Normally we pick out mistakes in videos. Um, but she looks oh, like you're she talking about the, where, when, the, when the bride's running out? Yep. Yeah, she's like staring into the camera as she as it pans by her. Yeah, that's, in the her, foreground. that's Max' wife. <laughs> yeah, that's her. Yeah, nice. so that, yeah, that was also that was also yeah, that was intentional. I wanted her. I, I was. I think my direction to her is like, you hear something going on, but you don't want to make a scene. <laughs> so she's following it, but not looking over her shoulder. Um, cool. But yeah, so See, I think these uh, are things I, I would have, you know, that's we're just guessing in the dark here. So it is good to know that. So it makes my brain look more wrong. I love what you, <laughs> I, I mean, what you guys pulled out for 45 minutes about a video you didn't really know. Was, I mean, that was incredible. I'm trying to think that if there's anything or other things I wanted to clarify for you, just so you'd like would know. But I, I the way you described it was if someone watched that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let, let them go with that <laughs> if they didn't know any better. Who's the dude? The dude. What do you mean? The one she, the one she's kissing. Oh, okay. So, so again, the whole idea of the mimes was that you know this is a a stuffy, uptight sort of. Again, you guys kind of nailed that. 
um, where you know their eyes are closed actually, where they aren't really seeing the truth. They aren't really facing reality. And it really was a bit of a statement of where we were as a society. And we're still there. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that was definitely accurate uh, in your interpretation of that. They, uh, you know, the fact that they all then have this moment where at the behest of the people who are alive are some, some of them come alive and actually start dancing. It's almost, it's like, they're kind of sheep, right? Like they're dancing almost under a trance, right? They don't even, even when they open their eyes, it's not like they're going and having free spirits, right? But I think that what that side means for me is that that could, that could be, that person could be some, it could be as, as scummy as, uh, you know, a, a related family member, but which you guys you know, purported perhaps, but that's, but it's, it's not necessarily that bad. It's more like, cool. This is just definitely someone this bride has been in love with the whole time. And this whole wedding's a sham. Now, whether he's, whether it's that, that extreme, you know what I mean? Uh, is, was less relevant to me, more, more relevant to the story was just the fact that here's someone in her own camp that she's, you know, involved with that her own people aren't even saying anything. No, you know, the only people that come out and are disgusted are the freaks, which is the, which are the people that are actually alive. You know what I mean? The people that are eccentric and, and, you know, have, have sort of showed up for the, for the um, groom. And I think it's that, that humanity that I wanted to see. I want to see her in this sort of adulterous moment with, whatever he meant to her, but it's someone that he, she's known for a while as exposed by people of light and people of life and people who are awake. Do you know what I mean? And that's why you see it. And you, you don't see anger either. I think what I really wanted to see was heartbreak. You know what I mean? And so when all those people come out and they see, oh my gosh, this girl's like fucking cheating on you. They don't, they don't go to kill her, ah, burn the witch. It's like, no, they gather around their person. They do the exact opposite. They gather around their person and embrace him and, and you know, and, and they let their hearts break with him. You know what I mean? And there's this moment of renewal and rebirth where it's like, yeah, I guess this just isn't going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Um, nice. I, who, who reads lips? Who did the lip reading? That was me. Pause it. God, I wish you could figure out what they said. I can't remember what he said either, man. <laughs> I would love to know what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, we we did the best we could there. You know, we spent uh, a few hours trying to dissect them, but that was after after a little while. I just gave up. I got as much as I could out of it. So I think it's Amazing. crazy. It's your voice. That's. Uh, yeah. I, I think we we reamed on and that. that and that was intentionally just. Yeah. So one of the things I used to do when I was first music videos like for some reason in, in early music videos there's always a hand coming into frame or somewhere so i i like hand modeled all the time i like i can use my hand for those hand moments whenever there's some weird moment oh she grabs her <laughs> lifts her up okay i'll use my hand so when it came to this i'm like well i want to do something and so i like i wanted to just like have my voice in it i thought it would be like kind of a cool thing to be like okay let's make these guys like fantastical and like and then I'll just overdub it, it myself. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess my way of kind of being a part of it. You know what I mean? Like given like, cause again, like it's a music video that I, I wrote the concept and I, and I executed. So like, 
my soul is in it. You know what I mean? My voice is in it, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to also just have some moments where I actually get to have my actual voice speaking some life into it. You know what I mean? And those moments where, you know, Brendan's looking and seeing everything's happening. He's like, yes, like that's, that to me was just, that's me looking over the whole thing and watching it come together and sort of having that same moment myself of saying, yes, you know what I mean? This is fucking That's your baby and and you're a proud (laughs) pop. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. Do you have yeah. any other questions as far as this video is concerned? Um, what about, so uh, I think it's a pretty straightforward video. Like you did a really good job at like telling the story of it. Is there anything hidden you put in it? Is there any hidden? Probably not in, in a, you know, one 18 hour shoot. You probably didn't have time to put in too much. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the, one of the main things that opening shot I was talking about with like the, it going over the Bible and going over him, like, it set off that kind of religious own. Were you using anything like that? Or it was just a cool shot again, like you said. So, well, here's a little background on me. So I, I went to school to be a doctor. Um, I was, I went, I got graduated pre-med, got out. I was like, fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and then I went immediately from uh, my, from college to, to a job as a biochemist. I hated it. And then I started working at a church, a youth group. So I was actually a youth pastor for uh, a period of time. And from there, uh, I was like, okay, shit, if I'm going to teach kids about guy, I really should know what I'm talking about. So I actually went to Princeton for seminary. Um, and while I was at Princeton, I stayed there for about a year. I was not, um, I was like, well, I don't want to be in school again. What the fuck am I, what am I doing? And I ended up going to Manhattan to be an actor. And then that's what led me to directing and all that. But basically, you know, I have a very um, long sort of uh, faith-based sort of belief system that I've always sort of, uh, adhered to. And so for me, like my whole thing has always been, uh, trying to get people to people who are believers to not act like, like fucking nut jobs. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so that's been my thing, like, uh, is to normalize the faith. And then, so for me, like anytime I could put that kind of shit in my music videos and make it Again, it's an indictment on like the pious in, in a sense here, you know what I mean? Because it's the, it's the bride side that's all together and, you know, perfect that kind of fuck up. You know what I mean? It's the freaks, the crazy ones, the ones that look like they're doing sinful things that are the loving ones in this video, right? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, this is sort of espousing some of my take on how I how I sort of embrace the faith that that makes sense again it's not that heavy-handed intentionally but there's there's an element of that you know what I mean no that's a great correlation to tie in the two so that I love that answer yeah well it's also like you all no matter what you're like as an artist you would know you're always putting a little bit of yourself in you know subconsciously whether you mean to or not so absolutely absolutely and I think that for me like I mean that's my bible (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah, but we, we have think, a lot in uh, common. I, I, I used to be a youth pastor too. So, did you really? Lot, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, crazy. it's that, it's that, um, that stigma that comes with it that drew me away from it, right? Like, it for sure. Anyway, we don't, we can get into a whole religious debate about all that. <laughs> well, that's, we cool, have man. a lot yeah, in common. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that's it. crazy. Uh, okay. But I'm trying to think what other hidden things. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are. Gosh, it's like, I, I think about this video uh, every now and then just because it'll like I literally had a friend send me a video from them doing it, doing it for karaoke last night. <laughs> like I just get random stuff like this. Like, like in L.A., there's a big thing called Emo Night. And oh. so they always play songs that I did there. So I always have some friend like send me pictures from Emo Night and shit. 
Awesome. I need I need to go to that. <laughs> a lot of the a lot you of know, the videos are secret emo. One of my, my very first music video that I directed and did sort of handled all myself was in Birmingham, Alabama. Was that um oh what's the name of that? Angels Me uh, Without You. What is it? It was a band, it was a band called Me Without You. They're on a solid you. state. Yeah, was it on a football Bull, field? Bull, no, it's out in the grass field, but it's not a football field. It's out in the okay. it's out in like a, a crazy wooded or like field uh, area. And these these it was like the middle of the summer, and the guys they were they wore like pea coats and shit. They were very how much had like a sort of a British vibe, and it was like a hundred and whatever it was in Birmingham in like uh, July or August. And one of the the drummer ended up happening happened to go to the hospital for heat stroke. It was crazy. <laughs> But we did a whole, the whole concept was around the giving tree. Again, it was one of these low budget videos that if you don't know the band or you didn't work part of that particular part of the scene, you probably wouldn't have ever seen it. But it's just, uh, yeah, Birmingham is where I shot my first thing. That's awesome. Yeah, small, very small world there. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, and uh, then another, I mean, you know, okay, another small, another connection. And again, I don't know if this is necessarily a hidden thing, but you know, another video that um, the girl that was on the, the podcast with you guys mentioned was the Ballad of the Mona Lisa which is, was, I also did that one. And for me, that was kind of like my return to the, if you look at it, there's a lot of similar uh, actions from Brendan in that as right, I write sins, because that was kind of like my return. You know what I mean? Whereas uh, Panic was, or uh, I write sins was a wedding, um, but Battle of Lisa was a funeral. And so okay. they're kind of, they're kind of, if you watch them, they're kind of like, reverse of each other you mean but they're but they're very simply the opposite end of a rock you know what i mean it's like they're very similar in in their sort of shape but like one's the dark side one's the light side um, yeah they tie in together but two yeah, completely yeah. different videos um yeah, yeah. yeah beth beth loved that one too um, of course i think she, she's loved everything that that panic's ever done so she, she was by far the biggest fan yeah um my wife is too but she didn't want to do it because she says she sounds too country on uh, recording. Seth? Yeah, I remember you saying that on there. <laughs> the secret's out. You guys are from Alabama. There's no getting around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he hides it pretty well. I, I do not. <laughs> well, uh, so, yeah, I mean, if there's anything else about the video, but if not, like, I don't, we don't want to, like, we have as much time as you have. Uh, I mean, do you want to, like, breeze through? We have other questions for you if you're open to it, man. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got a few more minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, we'll hit the hard. We'll hit the quick ones then. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Just random questions that we thought of. So, um, and you don't have to answer any of these if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which of the videos that you directed is your favorite? Well, I mean, it's hard. It's like it's like a, asking which a parent which kid is their favorite. Like yeah. you know, you have one, but like it's not real. It's just based off them being their personalities, right? <laughs> The personality, you know, of this video that we're talking about now will always, because of what it did for my career, because of what, where I was, like, I didn't make this trying to get a VMA. Like, this wasn't the intent. You know what I mean? I didn't go, oh, cool, I'm going to win video the fucking year with this thing. Like, no. I knew Wait, I was not I knew I... Huh? You think you have to have a half a million dollar budget to be able to do that, right? Absolutely. I, yeah. I was like, cool. And that wasn't even like an aspiration of that wasn't even a goal of mine. I wasn't like, cool. I can't wait to get to the VMAs. I was like, I'm never going to the VMAs. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just having fun making bit music videos. Um, but when this one did what it did, it showed me like, 
it showed me one that, you know, it's not the chasing of awards or all that kind of shit that matters. It's, it's chasing the art of it. You know what I mean? Because it was, again, this, this video is done for the sake of the video. You know what I mean? It, everything that sort of comes off uh, as magical and it comes off as magical because everyone poured their heart into it. You know what I mean? Um, I think it gets, it's very easy to get caught up in that award game afterwards because then you're like, shit, is this one going to be good enough to make an award? Is this one going to be good enough to make an award? It's not like you're thinking, cool, I'm only doing this for the sake, but it's hard not to get wrapped up in that cycle of, is this going to be good enough to do it? Is this going to be good enough? And so for me, like what's special about this is I didn't have any of that bullshit in my head then. You know what I mean? I didn't have any of that preconceived notion that like I deserve something or I'm good enough to attain this level of, you know, recognition it was more just i just loved throwing shit in the back of my land cruiser and showing up a set and making cool things you know what i mean um so yeah, that there's, there's the, no for those reasons this video what's that i said there's no expectations for you to win awards on your yeah, first video right <laughs> exactly and so for for me like this video like it's all that innocence and 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 excitement of of of, of an artist without any expectations, you know, like we said, that sort of allowed me to connect to this and connect and end up connecting with the band. We, we, we shot a lot of videos after this together. And um, I, so it's hard not to, to name this as my favorite for obvious reasons, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of intrinsic reasons as well, you know what I mean? Um, but again, during this time, like I was very, I, I had a very fortunate career because I came along when this scene was booming, right? Like right before it popped, like I came in and I got to come up with the pop, you know what I mean? So like I got to get in with Paramore before they were fucking anybody. You know what I mean? Like I, I did Paramore's first video. I did their first three videos. You know what I mean? Like when, when like Zach was 14, I think when he was uh, the drummer for a video for pressure, you know what I mean? Like they were children and it was awesome because I got to be there when like, their shows had maybe 15, 20 people. And all of a sudden they're selling out, you know, around the, around the globe. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember the first time. Um, and so for, for me, it's like, it's the Paramore videos. It's the panic videos because I got to be with them when they were nobody. And then when they were somebody um, as far as the world is concerned and watch them grow and mature and, and, and just, and then eventually just be like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just fans of the music. You know what I mean? Um, but it's funny that the video I shot in Birmingham, we also, it was with my mentor at the time, this guy named Darren Doan, who did a lot of cool punk videos in the 90s and 2000s. And um, he was definitely someone who helped sort of mentor me in music videos and show me how to make things. And he, um, so he let me do uh, the Me Without You. And then I shot two other videos for him, for Norma Jean and for Under Oath. Um, and so we got to do the, the, the first Under Oath video. And then I remember we went to go see them at a concert uh, that night in Alabama. And there was like maybe 12 kids and half of them were karate fighting in the front. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was awesome. And I had never seen that shit before. I was like, what the hell is these guys are beating the shit out of each other? They're like, yeah, this is like hardcore fighting. I'm like, what? 
Yeah, like this is just what they do. They love it. I'm like, okay, I'm fucking in. And then I remember like maybe five years later, I'm at work tour behind the fucking like stage and there's just a swarm of people watching under oath. You know what I mean? So like I came in, it's such a cool time in music in this scene. You know what I mean? I came in as the whole thing was, was coming up. And so I got to be, I got to ride that wave with all those bands and that whole scene. You know what I mean? And it really was like, it's a it's a time in my life I'll always cherish. You know what I mean? Be, not just because it gave me a career, gave me you know, set me on the path I'm on now, but it just there was such an I mean it's in the name emo right, but there's just such an emotional connection to that music for me uh, because of what it was all just such a, a an angsty sort of like group of kids just trying to like fuck you. This is what we're doing. We're going to wear eyeliner and our hair is going to be fucking bangs and black. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, some of us are going to be straight edge and not drink. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Really? Now I'm sober six years. Right. So I remember when, when Pete uh, and I were doing that video for Saturday and he was straight edge at the time. Um, and I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. And I was like, and so we had this whole discussion about straight edge and, uh, and I'm like, all right. We left the conversation as it is what it is. And obviously I'm pretty, I'm almost certainly broke his edge. Eventually it's been 20 years since then, but um, now I'm sober six years and I go look back at the conversation. I'm like, Oh, that's so funny. You, you gave Pete so much shit for not doing all this stuff. And now that's the life you live. You just don't call it straight edge. But uh, I, uh, I, I love that kind of that. There were so many of those elements in that scene. You know what I mean? There were so many just little like, sub sub genres of what was going on in it I, mean, I don't know if you guys how old you are what part of that world you got to experience but it was really pretty special <laughs> oh yeah well, like i said I, the, most of the the that emo stage of the videos that i like to pick because they you know they speak to me anyway um not yeah, as much yeah, here, for sure but... yeah <laughs> uh, so we let's see hold on uh we did we obviously we did some research we watched a lot of your videos before uh, so we didn't sound like oh, cool. goons talking to you um one thing I kind of picked up was like uh, a lot of your videos have um, a, a, a very inspirational tone to them, like a lot of overcoming obstacles and stuff like that. Is that something you're drawn to? Like when you pick your, your uh, videos? I'm, I'm glad that's what you saw. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that that's the case uh, without someone. I could just be wrong and making that. it up again. Like I do a lot on the podcast, but no, no, no. I mean, look, it is, it is absolutely my everything. You know what I mean? Like, I never wanted to just make commercials for bands. You know what I mean? I never just wanted to like have a job where like, and, and I struggled with this. And a lot of this came from my faith, came from, you know, being a believer and wanting my life to have purpose and meaning and, and have, have, have it be of substance. Um, but obviously, you know, when you're making some music videos, like you're basically making a commercial for a band to make them look cool. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I really struggled at times. Like, am I just, Am I just supporting vanity? Am I just, you know what I mean? Am I just, just chasing after wind? Is it, what's the point of this if I'm, you know, if, if I'm not being genuine? And so at that point, I realized like for me, if I'm going to stay in this business and be able to sleep at night, I had to find a way to, to come to terms with what my job was and realize that, okay, there's two things I can do then. One is whenever I can, if I can make something of value that can help somebody, 
inspire somebody to, to grow, to change, to face a fear, to whatever, then I'll do that. But if I can't, then at the very least, I'll do whatever the video is with as much excellence as possible. And that's then that'll be my commitment to my craft. Um, and so I'm glad that you saw the first thing come through. I mean, I definitely, whenever I can infuse meaning or, or something into a video that, uh, or, a, you know, a music video that has that kind of lyrical content, then I love it, but it doesn't, the music doesn't always lend to that. So I don't always have that opportunity, but when it does, it's definitely intentional. You know what I mean? Like, I know like with, uh, for instance, Highway Don't Care with Tim McGraw and uh, Taylor Swift and, and Keith Urban, that was something that, you know, Tim is a very passionate dude. He's become a, a buddy over the years and he, um, he's the real deal. You know what I mean? Like Tim's the real, if you've ever wondered, is Tim fake? Is, no, he's, he's the real fucking deal. He is a hundred percent like the guy you would want and expect him to be. <laughs> um, and so when he came to me with that song, you know, we, we both were striving for, cause he wants things to matter beyond what you can even believe. He wants every ounce of his artistry to, to, to touch you and to matter and to, to help, you know, inspire and grow. And so getting to work with him on that, like we really got to do something of value there. You know what I mean? And he really was, he really like gave me the reins to like, to tell a story that could have, could save lives. You know what I mean? And it's not very often that you get to make something that could potentially save lives. You know what I mean? And again, like, uh, and maybe that's part of me also, like just having that, like, some of those initial interests in me being a doctor was like wanting to help make people better. You know what I mean? And you know, again, I'm probably overreaching a little bit, but there's definitely that thread of interest in my artistry that uh, when I get to work with artists that share that, like Tim, um, it does lend towards a video that reaches all the goals that I want to reach as an artist. And that's definitely one of them. So that's one, uh, it's just like when I got over here to Jared's house, I said, you need to watch this video. Yeah. Um, and we watched it right before, uh, right before this call. And I was like, man, it, it, it's artistically it's beautiful and it's still got a crazy twist in it right because the whole time you're thinking yeah. Tim, tim's the dad right and he ends up yeah. being a, it was i i thought it was uh brilliant to to yeah. go through it the whole time and he was thinking the same thing he's like if this isn't her dad i don't know what's going on <laughs> i was like just keep yeah. watching man it, it's so good yeah all right uh yeah, so what were what were some of your videos like what are your like videos you drawn to what would you pick for us if you, we were going to do a video Oh my gosh. You guys should do, I would love for you guys to do refuse new noise. It's, it's written down now. Refuse new noise. Uh, yeah. It's uh, again, it's, it's actually like, it's part of like what shaped a lot of this, uh, this scene, like, you know, refused, like, they had an album called the shape of punk to come and they basically sort of like babe roofed where like hardcore music was going to go and where like the scene was going to go and they were right you know what i mean and uh this video that you'll you'll watch you'll see it's, it's crazy um and there's a it, it, it'll give you all kinds of interesting like you know diatribes to fucking chase down of, of what the hell it means but um it really was sort of a precursor any anyone in the in the sort of music video world like would reference that from time to time it definitely was one of the sort of hallmarks yeah yeah um and then you know 
I am a kid of the nineties, right? Like I, I went to college in 92. Uh, and so like, I was raised on grunge shit, right? Like Pearl Jam, like Nirvana, like that was my world. Like I'm, I'm 47, right? So that's like what I came into. So when I came into this scene, this was like a whole second life for me, right? Because mostly like I was 10 years older than everyone in that scene. Because I, most people who were like going to music videos, you, you go into it in your 20s. I didn't really get into it until my 30s. And so when I got on the scene, I was already sort of, I already had my musical taste and my interest. And this wasn't it, but my, the, my intern who I brought on, my very first intern, uh, Brandon Bonfiglio, who's now a fucking mega producer. He's incredible. He produces the biggest music videos in the world and commercials. And um, he was super into the scene. He was 10 years younger than me. He was super into the scene. And he had a lot to do with like saying, hey, no, check out Panic. You're going to like them. You got it. You got it. And I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. And so I would chase down those, those things. And, um, you know, like being able to like have that second resurgence, like, cause I, I already had all my favorite, like you too was my favorite band. You know what I mean? Like I'm that age, you know what I mean? Like I'm already like, I already have all that shit. Like there's no, like, but now I got to have this whole second life where like I came into music all over again with this stuff. And so now it's funny. Cause like, you know, when I, whenever I date girls, like they're, some of the music makes sense. I listen to, I listen to like yacht rock and shit like that kind of stuff. But like, when I listen to like Finch or I'll listen to, you know, a tray or I'll listen to any of these sort of, you know, bands from the scene or follow up or whatever, or even blink, like they're always a little bit like, that's weird. Why do you listen to this? Cause it's like, not my, it's not really my demo, but I fucking love that shit. <laughs> Because it was my whole sort of, it was the whole thing that shaped my career. <laughs> so one more question, we'll let you go. Yep. Um, cool. And that's, so, and you kind of just touched on that, right? So back in the day, music videos were kind of a big deal. It seems like that becomes less and less of a, a thing nowadays. The trend seems to be that music videos aren't as big as they used to be. Do you know why that is or what's the future of music videos from here? I would say... I don't know if I'd say they're less important, they're different importance. Uh, they're of different importance because remember like when music video, like as, as media gets more entrenched in every area of our life, as entertainment sources become more, you know, uh, plentiful, all of a sudden, like our ability to focus on any one thing for long is, 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 it's increasing is decreasingly like, you know, infinitesimally small. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when, when all you had was four television stations before I was a kid, but like TV was king, right? You could have some crazy show and half the country's watching it. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. That's all there was. You know what I mean? Obviously we've now splintered into a billion different like entertainment sources. It's crazy. So for music videos, like, you know, in the 90s, those were huge videos, huge, huge budgets. And uh, especially when you started getting into the boy bands towards the end of the 90s and the, you know, and all the stuff that was happening in that world. But like, but they carried a different weight because you couldn't just find them anyway. You couldn't just go on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like you had to wait around watching MTV and wait through all the shit you didn't want to watch. You know what I mean? Like. You had to, you had to be patient. You had to, when you listen to the radio, you had to wait till the song came on so you could fucking press record. 
You know what I mean? If you didn't already own the stuff, you know what I mean? Um, then you had to wait and like bootleg it off the TV or off the radio. Like that made it special. That made it something that like you couldn't just have. Now we can just have anything, anything. We can Amazon anything in our life. You can Amazon a person into your life. I mean, you, you, you know what I mean? Like you can, you, it's like, there's nothing off the table. And that's what that does is that makes any artist form uh, diluted. You know what I mean? And I think that with music videos, it's no different, but I think there's still an importance. There's still some videos that spend a million bucks. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's the huge pop, you know, like the Cardi B's or the whatever that still get those humongous budgets to do crazy things. And I, are, are they doing, you know, I, I guess they would say probably for, for pushing sort of their agenda of like normalizing sexuality or normalizing women's roles. And that I would say that I, my guess is they would probably argue that their videos are as equally as important as anything, that, anything that's ever come out before. And, and I guess I could see that too. But for me, I think the importance of music videos now It's about, it's still, it's what it's always been about. It's about connecting you to your favorite bands. You know what I mean? Like, and that importance hasn't gone away. It's just uh, muted by all the noise surrounding it. You know what I mean? Like if for a kid who's 15 or 16, who all of a sudden, and I, I my, my uh, buddy's daughters uh, is a huge K-pop fan and the way that like she'll listen to it and cry and like, just love it. So those music videos that she watches to those, they're, so important to her do you know what i mean like and so in the same way that like teen spirit blew my mind and changed my life you know what i mean in the same way that i write sins might have changed someone's life you know in that era there's still videos that are doing that for kids and i think that's important i mean music is an integral part of of our lives and it's so important for uh it's such an important art form for our growth and our development and our learning about our emotions and learning about how it puts words to things that we can't. And so I think what music videos have always done and still do is enhance that connection with a visual that hopefully takes that further and hopefully connects deeper and allows you to actually engage in that, in that moment in a more lasting way. And so for me, it'll always have equal importance as it's always had. It's just, there's a lot of the things drowning out the noise. Awesome. What a closing statement there. That was <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think that's all the questions we have for you. Um, I'll give you the floor for a second. If there's anything that you want to pitch or talk about, any projects coming up, anything you want to say? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm working on a, a couple music videos that are coming, uh, that I'm going to be shooting here in the next uh, month, which I'm excited about. But again, those will all come out when they come out, but no, man, I'm just, uh, just living my life, man. Excited about uh, being able to, you know, meet new people like you guys. And uh, thanks for, you know, having me on here. I, uh, I do have a movie out called Rising Star, which is a music doc I did on an artist named Griffin House. I would highly recommend checking that out. Um, we just got a new distribution deal for that. So that should start being more uh, widely available on other uh, platforms and streamers soon, but it's called Rising Star. Um, and uh, you can check it out. It's uh it's it's a solid piece of work i'm really proud of sweet well hey man thank you so much for doing this and for making music videos i mean they're very close to our hearts and you are uh, keeping them alive 
<laughs> right on, man. Well, guys, thanks for having me. Best of luck with everything you're doing. And uh, yeah, let me know when this just goes on up somewhere. We'll send it to you in an email, Shane. We, we appreciate you so much, brother. All right, guys. See you. See you, man. Thank you for listening to the Music Video Night podcast. Our logo is created by Travis Gokey. Music created by H.W. Day. And our hosts are Travis Gokey and Jared Cathrell. Concept by Jared and Kristen Cathrell.